like to invite you to a soul level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. One of the deep pleasures of my life has been circles of friends gathering to sing. In high school, I had friends like Marilyn and Betsy who were musical and could play the guitar and knew lots of folk songs, and that pretty much started me off. By college, I started learning guitar myself and found more people to sing with. And when I landed in Milwaukee and Eau Claire, both had monthly groups of people gathering to share music. Today's Song of the Soul of the Guest was among the faithful of Milwaukee's monthly sing. Judith Gottlieb also has a textured spiritual and scientific life, plus profound connections to the outdoors. When I saw Judy regularly, back when I was in Milwaukee, guitar was her musical instrument of choice, and we took part in music from Winds of the People and Rise Up Singing, and in the periodic gatherings of the Nightingales. She now lives south of Wisconsin, so Judith Gottlieb now joins us by phone from McHenry, Illinois. Judy, I'm so very pleased to have you here today for Song of the Soul. Well, I'm glad to be here too, Mark. I, of course, have known you for years and years, decades, ever since December of 1979. That's when I first met you. I'm not sure that uh-huh. I fixed in your memory in the same way. <laughs> no, I remember you well from that time when, when we met in Quaker meetings. The thing that kind of astounded me, because, you know, I've been aware of your part with music, and as a matter of fact, I remember an evening of 25 years ago or more, where we were sitting together and you were sharing songs that you've written and I was sharing stuff that I've made. And as far as I know, this is your first CD, isn't it? Yes, this is the first CD. Or maybe you had a cassette or something before? No, no. I've done just a little bit of recording in people who have a basement studio or something, but no, this was a professionally done CD and was a project that I wouldn't have done if my sister wasn't also a songwriter. <laughs> and why not? I mean, you've written plenty of songs over the years. I've written plenty of songs, but they're not all of the same quality. And most of my songs were very much related to individual people. And Liz's songs are much wider in their subject matter. And our focus is a little different, although the songs intertwine a lot, which is what makes the CD work, I think. Although our styles are similar, they're different. So I think the CD is much better with having both of us have our music on it rather than separate. Now, you come from a pretty musical family, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, we do. When we were little, there wasn't money for much of anything, but there was money for music lessons. 
So we had music lessons or dance lessons, whichever we wanted. And all of us started playing an instrument. Liz and I both did piano. I think Deborah did violin, and my brother Sam, I think, tried drums. You're thinking of drums. You think you'd know Well, I think so. (laughs) I think so. (laughs) But it didn't last. He didn't end up playing a lot. But uh, Liz and I both continued at least until our teens and then moved away from it. I picked up guitar as well, which I stopped doing once I had pretty bad carpal tunnel. So that pushed me back to keyboarding. So I've been a piano girl since. I was wondering about that because I didn't know you played keyboards. I had just known guitar. The monthly sing in Milwaukee, you always had the guitar there. Yeah, well, that was at first until I couldn't anymore. Then I brought my keyboard. Well, let's get started right away with your music. Again, your CD that you and Liz just put out is called Heart of the Earth, and folks should not mistake that for all the other options of Heart of the Earth. I was wondering about it, and since I don't have liner notes in front of me, I did some search and I said, oh, Heart of the Earth. Oh, wait a minute. Now that's Matthew 1240. Actually, the passage in Matthew 12:40 says, For as Jonah was in the heart of the great fish for three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights. Goodness. And there's also a group down in South Georgia, Florida area called heartoftheearth.org, and they're doing the essential work of living sustainably and harmoniously within the web of life at this place on our planet. Where did you and Liz end up choosing the name Heart of the Earth for? We wrote a song for our mother after her death. There's actually two songs related to our mom on the CD, but the final verse of the song we wrote for her goes, Honesty, kindness, and the deepest of patience. Did you finally see your own worth? Turning again to the unanswered questions, moving still deeper into the heart of the earth. So that's where the heart of the earth came from as the title. It also is really appropriate because, of course, I got the songs that relate to being on the north shore of Lake Superior, which is, you know, where there's this incredible bedrock at the surface that is three billion years old. So it is, to me, the heart of the earth as well. Well, here we are in mid-December, and you know it's a beautiful time, depending on how much you are with the seasons. For some people, this is a depression time, seasonal affective disorder and that kind of thing, which I've been fortunate not to have to experience yet. How do you experience this midwinter time? I'm really glad that the solstice happens just when winter is getting going, because if it kept if the days kept getting shorter and shorter through the winter, I think, I don't know, we'd all have seasonal affective disorder, I think. But as it is, the days start getting longer in another week and a half. So I celebrate that. My sister also, because this winter solstice invitation is my sister Liz's song, she celebrates that too. That song for her began in midsummer. She was at a songwriting workshop in Wallowa, which is on the Nez Perce Reservation. And she had this amazing dream where she sang and danced with members of that tribe, with farmers and settlers and artists and loggers at this winter butter feast, which is the name that appeared in her dream, although it may not have anything to do with anything other than the dream. It may not be a Nez Perce thing at all, 
the Nez Perce, she talked to the elder, the tribal elder who had come to talk to them earlier and said, I had this dream and I kind of want to write a song, but I don't know that it's for me to write. And he said, oh, no, you were given the invitation to write the song. You write it not from our perspective, but from your perspective. So that was what she did. Come on, sister, what are you going to do? With the one and only life on earth given to you Come tell some story, sing some song Dance in the winter wood this whole night long
That song was Winter Solstice Invitation. It's on the album produced by two sisters, Liz Kohlenberg and Judy Gottlieb. Their CD is Heart of the Earth, and you'll find it on CD Baby. I have a link on NordenSpiritRadio.org. But Winter Solstice Invitation, how appropriate for those of you listening right now. Of course, it's got the Nez Pierce Native American flavor although it's also got style that's maybe more Western. Or... We wanted the song to be an invitation to dancing, to celebrating. That was the intention. It was a lot of fun to make. <laughs> and which part were you playing on there? I actually didn't play any of the instruments on that one. I sang as one of the sisters in the opening verse, and Come on, sister, come on, people. I sang in the, in those verses, but not in the rest of the song. The rest of it is Liz's voice and Linda, pretty much. Linda and Julian were doing the harmonies. And Linda and Julian are? Linda was our producer, our friend, our teacher, just an amazing, phenomenal musician and songwriter who has about 10 or 12 CDs, I don't know. And Julian Smedley is a, an amazing vocalist, and also a violinist. He reads violin camp, among other things. He's just, he's an amazing musician also. And that Linda is Linda Waterfall, by the way, for those of you listening, you want to track down those 10 or 12 CDs. That was a wonderful way to start us into solstice time here. You said that the winter butter feast is maybe just something that came to her in a dream. Maybe there is no such thing as a butter feast. Is that correct? Perhaps not. But anyway, the dream itself was very definitely what she put into the song is what her dream was. That's how it felt to her. You know, I don't know that I've actually ever met Liz. I knew Margaret before she died. I'm not sure I met your father, though I may have one time early on. Probably. And I know your older sister, Deborah, very well. Well, Liz moved out to the Pacific Northwest in 1969. So it was a long time ago that she basically relocated out there from the Midwest. And how much older than you is she? Four years, that's all. You know, the interval gets smaller and smaller, so when we're 92 and 88, I'll still be her little sister. <laughs> ah, yes. And where is Sam relative to the three of you girls? Sam was three years younger than me, so I remember him coming home from the hospital when I was almost three years old. You've got a better memory than I do, Judith. Well, it was a big deal, you know, <laughs> the baby coming home. Yeah, sure. And Liz, and I think you did your recording perhaps out by Olympia or out somewhere in Washington State. Is that correct? Correct. David Lang's studio, he was our recording engineer, is sort of halfway between Seattle and Olympia in Fife. So that's where we did our recording. Let's keep going with your music. There's a lot of beautiful stuff to do. The next song, Dip and Strike, is a song that I wrote. Actually, my first sea kayaking trip with my husband, Bob, back in 2005, he wanted to introduce me to the incredible geology on the North Shore of Lake Superior. Now, the same rocks, you can see them on the south side of Lake Superior, but they're particularly dramatic and amazing on the north side. And I had never really spent time there, so I was just blown away. You know, the Canadian Shield Rock is the core of what the ancient supercontinent Pangaea was around. So when the continents before plate tectonics sort of shifted them apart, there was one supercontinent, and 
that Canadian Shield Rock was the core of that. So that's another part of the heart of the earth symbol in our title. But Dip and Strike just started as a little ditty that I was doing, you know, while I was kayaking and noting in rock because I studied geology and there was just so much to see. And it's a good one to paddle along to sea kayaking up on the north shore of Lake Superior, Dip and Strike. Dip and strike, dip and strike, see the rock face dip and strike. On the shore, on the shore, on the shore of Lake Superior, dip and strike, dip and strike, see the rock face dip and strike. On the shore, the northern shore. On the shore of Lake Superior Rock and tree, inland sea Glacier smoothed or broken free On the shore, on the shore On the shore of Lake Superior Thunder 
good to have songs as you paddle along. My paddle's clean and bright, flashing like silver, and all those other songs that are good for paddling with. They're good for paddling. Did you actually use this one in that way? Oh, yeah. We sing it when we're out. When we're out on the water, we'll sing Dip and Strike. Although if we're paddling, if we're really focusing, I need all my breath to paddle. <laughs> <laughs> but but if, if we're not too intense, I can paddle and sing at the same time. Do you tend to go in individual kayaks? or I understand there are two-person kayaks as well. We have a tandem, the 21-and-a-half-foot Current Designs tandem, so we go together. Nice. And did you have this passion when you were young as well? I loved canoeing. I canoed as a child. First learned at Girl Scout camp, but I loved to canoe in the waters of northern Wisconsin, just you know, going down in those wild rice marshes and we love to do that, but I had never sea kayaked actually until I met Bob. And it's a wonderful way to be in the water. It is a wonderful way. And your connection with the geologic strata is not surprising considering your educational background. Why don't you lay out your studies? You've got three degrees. Yeah, I had a, when I was 21, my dad went to Tanzania for a two-year contract as an economist, and I went and finished my first university degree at the University of Dar es Salaam. So I studied history and sociology there because I thought that was how I could learn the most about where I was. I got interested when I was there in appropriate technology and then decided that I'd go into water supply, water supply and sanitation and studied geology when I got home, 
then eventually decided to move into the School of Engineering and get my degree as a civil engineer. <laughs> so, and when you look at the rocks there, you have a, an understanding that's much deeper than most of us do. You actually recognize strata and you actually say, oh, yeah, that is, that one looks like it's uh, only 1.5 billion years ago. <laughs> no, but you, you know, that rock is all pretty metamorphosed. It was buried deep and under tremendous pressure and heat. So there are rock planes where a magma would come through. You have things called dikes. And you can also see the fracture planes in the rock, which is actually where the dip and strike comes from. It's not from kayaking. It's, that's a geological term for describing when anytime you have a planar surface in geology, it has a particular orientation. And the dip from the horizontal, that's the angle at what degree, you know, it's at a 30-degree dip. Anyway. So that's where dip and strike actually comes from. <laughs> it's looking at a rock face. And is Bob also a geologist, or how did I mean, he seem to have connection with this landscape just as you did? Yeah, he was a geographer, but he did do an introductory geology course, and he fell in love with the landscape many, many, many years ago. The honeymoon with his late wife Rana was up there on that North Shore, so he has loved that area for many, many years. Let's lay out a little bit of your spiritual identity and history. You grew up in a Jewish family, right? Your father was Jewish in any case. Well, my dad was Jewish, but we were sort of general Protestant, you know, wherever my dad could tolerate the servants. <laughs> and there was a good Sunday school for the kids. So we were brought up general Protestant. My mom came out of the Quaker tradition. She was an Indiana Quaker. So when I got back from Africa, I started attending Quaker meetings unprogrammed meeting in Milwaukee. And that really was has been my spiritual home and and an important part of my musical home too, because there's a group of Quakers that get together and sing a couple times a year called Nightingales. And they have been a very important part of my spiritual musical tradition. Were you at the Nightingales thing this past November, end of November? Yes I was. I didn't make it. It was a little bit closer for you than for me, but it's just, there were such wonderful gatherings, a weekend of music, a couple few times a year. Also, in terms of your spiritual identity, I have the sense increasingly, maybe, I guess I didn't have this so clearly in the 1980s when I knew you regularly, would see you regularly in Milwaukee, the connection with the outdoors. How vital is that to you now? Was that all along? Was that from childhood up? It actually was from childhood up because I I had really amazing spiritual experience when I was about seven years old and I was looking up at probably what was an avenue of elm trees arching over the street and it was so incredibly beautiful that I, I remember standing stock still looking up and looking at the green and the light coming through and just thinking, oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. I have to remember this. I absolutely, I'm going to fix this in my memory, and I will remember. So anyone who thinks that children don't have spiritual experiences, <laughs> I don't know, it wasn't me anyway, because that was very definitely an experience I still remember. Child on a tree-lined street Glancing up sees glory Leaves and sunlight arching green The beauty is transfixing I will remember 
I promise myself the sky, the trees, the green and me forever this here, this now. It seems to be the way of things that wonder is displaced by work and study, sadness, cares. It makes the journey harder. I will remember, I will remember, I will remember. Forever this here, this now How to learn now that I'm grown To reclaim the beauty The birthright I so quickly lose That wonder gifts the prayer I promise to myself the sky, the trees, the green and me forever this year, this now. Indigo Dawn is in the park. Her papa helps her run to me. I throw her in the air, she laughs, we walk, she holds my finger. I will remember, I will remember, I will remember, I promise myself. Sky, the trees, her smile and me, forever this year. The holy ordinary times If only we can see them We smile and talk We sing, we walk How many are the blessings I promise myself the love we feel will make us whole forever this year, this now. The love we feel will make us whole forever this year, this
love we feel will make us whole forever, this here, this now. How beautiful you capture that, Judy. That is Judy Gottlieb. I will remember it's from the CD, Heart of the Earth, that she made with her sister, Liz Kohlenberg. It's just released. You can find it out on CD Baby. This is Song of the Soul, and Judy sharing her Song of the Soul. It's a Northern Spirit Radio production on the web at northernspiritradio.org. On that site, you'll find ten and a half years of our programs for free listening and download. You'll find links to our guests, so if you can't remember her or don't know how to spell the names, Follow the link for Judy, and you'll find out on CD Baby their recording. There's also a place where you can leave comments, and we love two-way communication. So when you visit, please do post a comment. And there's also a place to make donations. That is how this full-time work is supported. So you can click on support when you come. But even more important than that, and I think this is absolutely crucial, please remember to support your local community radio station. They provide a slice of music and of news that you get nowhere else on the American airwaves. It's absolutely crucial that we keep that open channel. So please remember to support local community radio station. Again, Judy Gottlieb is here, and you'll find her email and a link to her recently released recording on cdbaby.com. You'll find them both on northernspiritradio.org, so you can get a hold of her music. Judy's sister is Liz Kohlenberg, and together their CD is Heart of the Earth. And we just heard, I Will Remember. You end the song, Judy, with these words, the love we feel will make us whole forever, this here, this now. And there are things in your songs, like that one, that make me suspect an Eastern religious link. Have you done much study of Eastern religions, of meditation practices and beliefs and such? Or has it mainly been of a Western variety? Mine has mostly been the Western variety. My sister Liz has done more exploring and more traveling. So she has gotten very interested in Buddhism, among other things. You hear in Walls of the Mind, which is a song about being at the end of life with a person who is dying. She wrote Walls of the Mind when a dear cousin of hers was dying. And she had been reading about the Buddhist Heart Sutra, which is one of the central sutras in Buddhism, and a book by Red Pine, Red Pine actually said that the sound of the mantra is what matters and that the meaning isn't completely clear, but it probably means into the gone, into the gone, gone beyond, all gone, completely beyond enlightenment now. So you hear that, gate, gate, paragate, parasongate, bodhiswaha, throughout the song of Walls of the Mind, which is not an easy song but it is incredibly beautiful and powerful. Walls of the Mind, Judy Gottlieb and Liz Kohlenberg. Days dwindle to hours, hours. 
dreams dwindle to breath Walls of the world fall away Everything is here Everything is left
a song for transition from life to the next life, Walls of the Mind. It's by Liz Kohlenberg. I believe she wrote it, performed there with several people. I think you're in there, Judy. Where, which part are you? Are you part of the background choir? I am a part of the background, the female background choir, which was me and Linda. Julian Smedley did all of those male voices. We multi-tracked his voice in two octaves. And Liz was the main vocal. That is her song, and I love it. Jessica Beard did the percussion and the gong. She works with a local school and managed to get hold of a full-size orchestral gong for that song. And it was amazing listening to that gong. It was just powerful, powerful. And Buddhist ceremonies often start and end with a gong, which is why we had to have it for this song. Have you had any connection with Threshold Choir? No, but my sister has. <laughs> Liz has, you mean? Liz has, yes. Yes, she has. I just had the sense that that song might be connected with it. Actually, I haven't ever heard the Threshold Choir here do Paragate as part of it, but I mean, it certainly would work, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, if that's something that has meaning to the person, I think, to the person who is dying, who is traveling on. In terms of this song, Walls of the Mind, the Parasongate is at the, it's woven into everything there. Anyone who is sat at a deathbed, I think, can relate to what is in that song. How do you think of the next stage after life on this planet? I truly don't know. I don't know what happens. I know my grandmother was very clear on what happened, but I am not. I don't know that we go on, but maybe we do. Maybe we just go on as a part of the whole, the creative force that seems to me is in the universe. I would hope that there's some way that we do, but I truly don't know. You know, I ask you that in part, Judy, because you're very rooted in sciences, actually, as so am I. And some people are rather surprised when people who are very strongly rooted in science also have this strong spiritual side. How do you see those two relating, the spiritual and scientific? <laughs> to me, it is absolutely normal <laughs> to have both because there's nothing I know about in science that contradicts my own sense of spirituality. As a matter of fact, it feeds it because the world is so amazingly complex and wonderful. Everything I learn just increases my sense that it is a completely awesome planet we live on and an awesome universe and just totally amazing. Well, I'm with you on that one 100%. We've got time for one more song, Judy. How do you want to conclude your song of the soul? Green Water Reflections is the last song in the CD and also follows after Walls of the Mind because for me, they come together. My sister has a pond on her home property and when she was immersed in looking at the pond, she had a series of questions that, came, that arose in her mind about, so, you know, who are we and is there something that ties all of this together? The first three verses are really about the interrelatedness of life. Then there are six questions, and then there's an answer. The last verse is an answer. And it was the answer that she heard and saw. And it's a beautiful answer. In any case, it can maybe help you reflect on what you think about creation and how we connect with it. It's Green Water Reflections. Judy Gottlieb and Liz Kohlenberg. 
Where's the trees above? Below is another living layer. Water fits land like fingers in a glove. Fish, frogs, and algae all. Another living. 
Beautiful Reflections on Green Water. It's on the CD released this past year by Judy Gottlieb and Liz Kohlenberg. You'll find Heart of the Earth on CD Baby. I've got a link on northernspiritradio.org. Green Water Reflections. Actually sitting with those questions and finding that place in nature where you live through the wonder of connections. It's such a beautiful place. Do you have to go up to the North Shore to find it again, Judy, or do you just remember it wherever you are? I can remember it pretty much wherever I am, although I'll admit that listening to my song, Dip and Strike, always takes me there. Listening to Green Water always takes me there. I mean, that ending sequence, I simply, I would live in that for five minutes or ten minutes if we had had more recording at the end, I would have wanted it to be left on the CD because I go into such a deep stillness at the end of that song. So it always takes me there. One guest that I had, it's years ago now, but they perform around this area regularly in the summers. They perform under the group name Patchouli. Their song, The Woods, is one I'm pretty sure you want to check out, Judy. It's a very nice companion piece. It's a lively piece. But I go to the woods, I go to the mountain, I go to the river to find certain aspects. And it feels like Green Water Reflections kind of sees all of that, just a slightly different angle, but the same thing. Yeah, that's Liz's song. And I, we, we, if we had not entitled the CD Heart of the Earth, we probably would have called it Green Water. Throughout the songs on the CD, you have a, a lot of different instruments. I mean, piano is very regular. Sometimes it's you. I think your piano on Greenwater Reflections, but you've got drums and I think you've got cello and you've got... On that one, though, there was an instrument I thought was maybe violin at one point, but I wasn't sure about it. What was the other instrumentation on Greenwater Reflections? It was accordion, and that was David Lang playing. He's our recording engineer, but also an astounding musician in his own right. And the breathing of the accordion, those beautiful notes that interweave in the, during the six questions in that last verse is just astonishing to me. I love to listen to that accordion voice. Right along with the trees, you know, putting air into the ground and honeybees, it's, it seems the perfect accompaniment to what you're singing about there. 
Well, we felt that a reed instrument was important, and an accordion is a reed instrument. Well, it's a beautiful collection of songs, as you knew. You passed the CD on to me, and my wife listened to it before I did, and she said, hurry up and interview Judy. This is stuff that needs to get out there. So I want to remind all of our listeners to go to CD Baby and check out Heart of the Earth by Judy Gottlieb and Liz Kohlenberg. The link's on northernspiritradio.org. Judy, it's really wonderful to have time to sit with you. Since I moved from Milwaukee, I've only seen you very rarely, and you really do have such a wonderful, rich, deep spirit to share both voice and words. Thank you so much for joining me for Song of the Soul. It's been wonderful to do it. Thank you, Mark. Thank you all for joining us today. We'll see you next week for Song of the Soul. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy Let in the light It will heal you And you can feel you And sing out a song